This podcast is a resource of givinglight.org. You're listening to episode 15 of the Giving Light Devotional Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Melody on fear. So for those of you who don't know who Dr. Melody is, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself? Just let us know what's going on in your life right now. Well, first of all, um, I'm a mom to an amazing son, the one that's interviewing me right now. Um, I'm also uh, partnering with my husband to pastor Giving Light, and I have my own consulting company, Hilton Consulting, and I've launched a movement called the Stop Devaluation Movement, which is a global movement uh, to cause people to recognize that they can generate value in others. And it's really powerful because when we see our value, it really impacts every decision we make in our life. So uh, if you are interested in that, uh, how can they find that? Uh, They can go to my YouTube channel, hashtag stop devaluation. Awesome. So like I said, I encourage you to check that out. So today we're going to be talking about fear and fear is something that we all deal with, myself included. I'm sure uh, you've experienced it many times. So why don't you just kind of like lay a foundation of what fear is? um, Where did it come from? Uh, Just kind of talk to us about fear for a little bit. Well, first of all, I believe it says in Luke that in the last days, men's hearts will faint for fear. So this is something that affects every single human being. I believe it's a strategy of the enemy uh, to try to shut us up, shut us down, push us back, hinder our ability Mm -hmm. to be a success. But the fact is we were not created fear-based. When you go to Genesis uh, in chapter one, it says that we were made in the image of God and God is not moved by fear. And um, so we have to recognize we were made in love. We were not made in fear. And in fact, I love in 1 John 4, 18, it says that perfect or mature love casts out all fear. So the more I walk in love, the more fear is driven back. So I love also, I just giving some scriptures here foundationally, but in 2 Timothy 1, 7, in the NIV, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Mm, so we recognize yeah. the source of fear is a spirit. Yeah. And not every fear comes from the enemy, but at the exact same time, we recognize its source is a spirit of fear. But what has God given us has given what has God given us? He's given us power. Yeah. He's given us love and he's given us a sound mind. So all of us experience fear. So all of us have the feeling of fear. So how do we kind of know what the difference is between a feeling of fear and and a spirit of fear? Did you ever hear the phrase, uh, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest? Yeah. So yeah. we're all tempted and we all have temptations of fear, but we do not have to allow it to control us or we don't want to make our decisions by fear. And I do want to talk about, there's two basic kind of fears and which one I want to talk about today. But one is more um, 
a protective fear physically. Hey, if I'm walking in a jungle and there's a lion, I'm going to want to be running away from that lion. Or, hey, for me, you know, I hate snakes. If I see a snake, I'm going to get away from that snake Mm -hmm. because it's present. It has the ability to hurt me. And so I need to use wisdom. I'm not going to jump in a lake with alligators. I'm not going to jump over the zoo fence into a a cage of uh, venomous snakes or something. And so, you know, there's just physical things. But what I'm talking about today is what I call an ego-driven fear. Things that affect our value, things that affect our worth, our identity, our purpose. And so it's about an ego-driven fear. So we might want to run from a tiger, but we don't want to run from an ego-driven attack. We've got to recognize Mm -hmm. we have power over those things, and we have power to literally confront those things that want to sabotage us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So can you just give me a couple examples of what that type of fear looks like, that ego-driven fear? Well, um, any negative thought I have, it might feel like anxiety, it might feel like worry, uh, it's being stressed, because Mm -hmm. every time I feel stressed, guess what? I feel powerless, right? Yeah. Uh, And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Mm -hmm. So every time I feel powerless or out of control, or I'm a victim of something or someone, that is one of those ego-driven fears. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be uh, where I don't feel good enough or something is terribly wrong with me. You know, I can't measure up. I'll never be a success. All those things that affect my value and my worth. Yeah. And those things can happen even by body reactions. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have my own podcast channel as well. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that happens, people are all nervous and we go, relax, we relax. Because suddenly when you start stepping into fear, you start stuttering, you get nervous, Mm -hmm. you say things you didn't want to say, we can't think clearly. And one thing, even according to neuroscience, is whenever we step into fear, it literally coats our neural network networking with a crystal uh, Hmm. that hinders the ability for the electromagnetic uh, light impulses to connect in our brain. And uh, did you ever feel in school, Joel, where you you prepared for a test, but when you went to take that test, your mind went blank because you were afraid. And so you couldn't think of the answers you already knew because fear hits you. Yeah. And so that's kind of an ego-driven fear because I don't want to fail. You know, we might, do you ever feel those butterflies in your stomach or your heart beating real fast or, uh, you know, those, even those physical things, because when fear comes in, it sends negative chemicals into every single cell in our body, which now our body is responding to that. Uh, I feel sick to my stomach Yeah, and it is all driven by fear. So when you when you talk about that, it kind of uh, brings to my remembrance where you talk about how fear um, actually distorts your identity, that right. you actually become the opposite of who you were created to be. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the fact is we do become and we act in ways that are opposite of who we truly are. So God created us in him before the foundations of the world. That's Ephesians 1, 4. And so he created 
in seed form, absolutely every gift, every ability, our voice, our message, uh, who, who we're ordained to be and our contribution to the world. But whenever fear comes in, now I function opposite. Now I could be this outgoing person, but when fear comes in, I just go hide in a corner. Or here I am this quieter person, but when fear comes in, I start yelling and screaming and, you know, fighting or something. And it's like we become the opposite of who we really, really are. So well, it's- l- let me let me talk about that because I think sometimes we can function in fear for so long that it actually that feels more real to us right. than our true identity. So how do you how do you know what your identity is or who you are outside of fear, especially if if that's just been your normal your normal reaction when things come your way. Well, as a behavioral analyst, I've learned that our personality, 75% of it is developed in the first three years of our life. It's firmly rooted by the time we are seven years old, and it's what we do to be accepted in our world. It's what we do to get our needs met, because if I don't do this, mommy and daddy might reject me. Aunt Susie might reject me. The teacher might reject me, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And so I develop certain ways of thinking and acting and believing and functioning that are based upon meeting my need. So I suddenly begin to live my life or not suddenly, I progressively begin to live my life Mm -hmm. taking and getting rather than contributing. Because what is on the inside of us is what God has called us to contribute to our world. But when I focus on what's going to meet my need, now it's fear-based. It might not feel like fear, but it's what I do to meet my need. Right now, I don't care about you. I just need to protect myself. That's mm. all fear-based. Yeah. Wow, that that's really powerful. Uh, uh, like I said before, I... It, it's something that can be so crippling. It's something that can distort your identity. Um, I know that's why it's so important to have truth in your life, yeah. not just people speaking into your life. And and I know that fear can also be such an isolating thing. When we're in fear, we really shut other people out. So what are, what are some ways that you can confront that and actually allow people in or allow the word of God in and allow uh, the voice of God in through the Holy Spirit? How, how can you kind of like really confront fear so that freedom can come? Well, I want to read 1 John 4, 18, and I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation, and it's really powerful. It says, love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment, but love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Mm -hmm. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Mm -hmm. And see, the more I know I am loved by God, the more I know the value I hold then literally that sense of my value, my worth, my identity, my purpose, it's not based upon perfection. It is based upon the purity of who I am in God. When I'm convinced of that on the inside of me, then I stop relating to you relationally 
out of fear. I'm not connecting to you for what I'm going to get from you. I'm connecting to you for what I can invest into you. Yeah. And you talk about the sociological fear. Can you can you go into that a little bit? Because you were kind of referring to that just a moment ago. Yes, uh, because we've got to recognize we don't want to live by default. We want to live by design. Mm-hmm. We don't want to spend our lives reacting to external things. We want to live our life based upon who God created us uh, to be internally. And so that's why we can often... Uh, build those walls and relationships are divided. We can't have an exchange of life because fear is there. And that comes from really what is called the first level of fear, which is sociological fear. Yeah. Uh, and even the Bible says, uh, do not be afraid of their faces. That's in Jeremiah 1 8. Yeah. It also says in Proverbs 29 25, the fear of man brings a snare. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, whenever I walk in the fear of man, and it's setting a trap for me. Mm-hmm. And what is sociological fear? It's what do they think of me? Yeah. How are they going to respond to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to be upset with me. I want them to like me. Oh, I've got to do what they want so they accept me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want someone to believe I'm selfish. I don't want someone to believe I'm mean. I don't want someone to believe this or that about me. And so every decision we we are making is really driven by fear. Yeah. And Paul actually confronts this fear in Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? Yep. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's so powerful. So I always wondered this. So if we're servants of Christ, we're not, our goal isn't to please people. So what's the difference between a healthy pleasing of people and an unhealthy? um, Well, I guess it would be out of fear, but maybe you can expound on that a little bit more. Well, if I'm walking in fear, whatever I am doing is to protect me. Yeah. But whenever I'm focused on serving and giving and caring and contributing and building another person, then that is a mature love. Because have you ever met someone that they they showed you love because they wanted you to love them in return. Or they did something nice for you because there was something they were expecting from you. I'm sure all of us can relate to that. Because I I know that there were times where I experienced that and you're like, well, they're saying all the right things and they're telling me the things that I think that they think that I want to (laughs) hear, but it just feels wrong in a way. Yes, it's because... There's a part of me that is needing something from you that I'm treating you in a certain way because I desperately need your validation. I desperately need something from you. You know, I'd say this, uh, a book I wrote like 20 years ago, and it was all based upon shame. And what is shame? It's a false identity. Yeah. And I tell this story, uh, this never really happened. It's a, you know, not a real story, Mm -hmm. but I, I tell a story. It's like, I want my husband to love me so much. So I'm, he comes home and I have this gourmet meal, you know, it's not a real story because I don't cook, but I have this gourmet meal made for him. 
he comes in. I do all these things for him. And as I clear the table, uh, I turn around expecting him to shower me with all the love and the accolades and all these things that I need. And there mm-hmm. he is sitting on the couch, just sound asleep, snoring. Yeah. And now I'm angry at him because he didn't give me what mm-hmm. I needed. So yeah. all my cooking, all my serving, all my quote unquote loving was for what I wanted to get from him, mm-hmm. not just giving out of the purity of wanting to demonstrate my love to him. Yeah. it's It really seems like fear and needs are really tied together. Mm-hmm. They're really interwoven. So if you're not getting your needs, men, it kind of forces you into a place of fear. Yeah. And uh, that's why God says, let your requests be na- made known unto me. Yeah. You know, he is the one that meets all our needs. And when it comes to identity, mm-hmm. uh, who we really are, no human being can give me my identity. Yeah. Well, that goes back to if you're not trusting God, then you're going to function out of fear. It's kind of right. it's it's kind of like a um, either one or the other. Either you're going to trust and rely on God for what He's promised and and what He can do and will do in your life, or you're going to function out of fear and you're going to have to try to do it on your own strength. And I think it's important to recognize that not all fears feel like fear. Yeah, yeah. And well, uh, sometimes fear can feel like wisdom. Yes. You know, like I've been hurt so many times. So when someone comes around, oh, this is wisdom to watch out for that. Well, it could be fear, not necessarily wisdom. And you're just responding to past, past experiences. I have so valued making a difference in my world. And I didn't realize it, but I remember when I would work so much harder on somebody else's growth than they were willing. And I thought that was love. I thought that was mercy. And when in actuality, I was so afraid that they would not be successful. I was so afraid Mm -hmm. that they would not release their potential that I worked so hard. And I didn't realize till years later, that was driven by fear. It really wasn't driven by love. But at one point you thought it was love. Yeah, I thought for sure it was love. I thought it was being merciful. But guess what? I have no power to change anybody else. Yeah. And it's really liberating to give your best, but not try to control someone into changing or becoming better. It's something they have to desire themselves. And so true, pure contribution is giving my best and then leaving the rest to God. Yeah. I know when you can give people the grace to be imperfect, it Mm -hmm. really frees you up because listen, I don't have to change them. I don't have to, I can encourage and I can, uh, you know, release wisdom. Obviously if they want it, because you're, you're going to be frustrated if you're trying to change them and they don't want to be changed. They're going to be upset with you. You're going to be upset with them. So the more freedom that you give people to kind of allow the Holy spirit to work in them, uh, it, it really frees you up yes, even it does. more. Yeah. And there's a, a much greater measure of purity mm-hmm. of my investment into someone. Yeah. Because now I'm not investing because I'm expecting this to yeah. come from their life, or I'm expecting them to suddenly change, or I'm expecting mm-hmm. them to suddenly mature. I don't have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. It has to come from their choices. And when I choose to give freely and allow them to make their choices from that, it does liberate me because I've done my part and that's all I'm responsible 
for before God. Yeah, so when you talk about the sociological fear, that's kind of like the lowest form of fear. Is that how you describe it? Like the first level. Okay, Because the fact is, if I confront and overcome sociological fear, it'll never move to a deeper fear. Yeah. And so... That deeper fear. Well, well, wait a second. Before you get into that, let's actually leave that for the next episode, and then we're going to talk about the two other levels of fear. Great. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 